can we? Want to do a mic check? Check, check, one, two. Check, check, one. Mike, 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 Mike. Magic Mike. I've never seen that movie, and I'm never going to see that movie. What? Did you stop the recording, or are we still recording? It's it's still recording. It's just going, so whenever we're ready, we can start. Okay. Welcome, everybody. This is Really Nerdy Gaze. I'm your first host, Steve Vixen, followed by... Hey everybody, my name's Merrick, but you can call me Matt because you don't know me like that. Here we are, Steven. Woo, episode zero, our first introductions. This is going to be exciting. So everybody, like I said, our introductions, first things you should know about me is I am the poster child for Daddy Issues Incarnate. I am also everybody's favorite anime junkie, so if you're watching something fun, Definitely recommend it to me because nine out of ten times I've probably binged it already. If you have to know, my spirit animal is a fox and my pronouns are he, him, and I am everybody's favorite social shut-in. You're a lot of favorites, Stephen. (laughs) I am. I'm the poster child. You're the center of attention. Listen, I said I was the social shut-in. What does that even mean? That means my butthole is more popular than my face. Oh, but also like golf claps. (laughs) We're not here. We're not here to uh, kink shame anybody. We're not here to yuck anybody's yum. I am a judgment free zone and I hope to bring this here. I don't know if I can top that, Stephen. I don't know if I can top that social shut in butthole, but I'm going to try. Um, what should you know about me? I'm a neon-soaked daymare posing as a real boy. It's totally not suspicious that I tell you I'm a human from planet Earth. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. My aesthetic, uh, it exists somewhere between the realm of rusted, broken down, dystopian grunge punk and happy-go-lucky rainbows and sh- rainbows and sunshine glitter pop. I think that's fairly accurate. Add in a dash of horror and a sprinkling of what's that thing when you are two opposite things? Controversy, contradictory. Um... Contradictions. There we go. With a cherry of mind farts on top, and that's me. Um, I would describe myself as gay by default, queer by choice, a designer by trade, trade by appearance, appearing in your dreams, and hopefully your nightmares. (laughs) Ooh, that that last part was really good. (laughs) My pronouns, I have no preferred pronouns. He, she, they, anything's fine. Gender is a joke to me. I would just like to take this moment right now to tell anyone listening that I'm an amazing cook. I like to clean and tend the house and I have a huge spice cabinet and I know how to use it. And episode one brought to you by Tinder. Matt's available on Tinder. Find me, beat me if you want to reach me. (laughs) Damn, I don't remember the last part about it. I almost watched Kim Possible the other day too. 
Stephen, you should have done your homework. Where? Come on, man. What are you doing? I was in bed for five days. Yeah, Stephen, you're just getting over COVID. How are you feeling? Ugh, I'm the 1% who gets what's called a COVID rash. So I am covered in rashes and I am not happy about it at all because I have to keep myself from scratching. And if you've ever seen a dog bite its own ass because it's got like a flea or something, that's pretty much the world I live in right now. Everywhere. I don't want to take this to anything drag race related at any point, but you are that that one queen that talked about her boiling pussy cysts on the first episode. <laughs> uh, don't compare me to kimchi. It wasn't kimchi. It was soju. <laughs> was it soju? I knew A it was one of the Asian ones. Asian food. Is soju also Korean? I believe it is. I think soju, the queen, the person is Korean. Is soju um, the drink Korean? I don't know. Do you not know because you don't remember? Because soju will fuck you up. I mean, if she wants to be on here and fuck me up on video, let's do it. That's great content. I'm all for it. I love a fight where I can just kind of like sit back and watch. I want to stir the pot, but I don't actually want to be involved in anything like going on. Oh, fuck it. I'm the meat and potatoes. Stir the pot. You be the spoon. Where is the fucking pot? (laughs) This episode brought to you by marijuana legalization. (laughs) Go get yours now. Gotta love New York City. So, Stephen, let's um, let's actually have a good segue into we talked about ourselves. What are you what are you what are you doing that face for? Let's have a good segue. I, I think it, we're pretty good with segues, whether it's you or me. She's already stirring the pot, people. Look at this. Sometimes when I talk too much, I start talking about how I talk too much. And this is another example of me getting too self-aware and my wheels are spinning too fast. And my segue, which was balanced, is now flipped over and my my head is like face down. Like that time I decided to ride a scooter over a subway grate. You remember when razor scooters were a thing? Oh my God. Can we not date ourselves just yet? Can we, can, can we like hold off on that a little bit? Let me hit 30 and then we can do that. I mean, Steven, you can do that, but I am timeless. I have no age. I have no gender. I exist outside of time. So I'm just an ambassador of chaos and mischief. I love that. I love that for you. All right. Let's get back on topic. What were you about to say? Lots of things. <laughs> but probably nothing pertinent to this episode. We should let's uh let's get ourselves, you know, back on track here a little bit. Now let the people know who we are, you know. This is this is uh, us talking about nerdy things. We're two nerds. We love nerd shit. And that's that's what we want to talk about. So, you know, we came together over video games. I think that's how we first bonded. Was it Pokemon? It probably was Pokemon. I actually, I think we might have first initially bonded over board games because we met through mutual friends and we played board games. But I think we sort of had like a rough, we sort of knew each other, like knew of each other beforehand. But that was sort of 
what solidified it and i'm i'm pretty sure it's probably pokemon that we we were like okay let's be friends I forgot about board game nights. I really, really miss board game nights. I like, I, I can't wait to like everything calms down and I can host because I really, oh my God. Okay. There's a Marvel zombies board game coming out. Totally want to back it on Kickstarter. Totally want to get it and just play it and go crazy <laughs> with it. Um, but it might've been board. I think it, no, now that we, you know, wind the clock back, I think it was board games. Don't ask me what the first board game was. Cause I don't remember. Do you remember what the last board game we played together was? Was it Munchkin? Oh my God! Yes, it was Munchkin when we went to um, when we went to um, 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 yes, thank you. I remember. God, I remember how cold that was. I remember. Almost. Do you know? I made a friend from there. I met a friend on Grinder, and we we were trying to find a fifth player because we were going to play Secret Hitler, and him and I just kept talking, and we've become like pen pals and been friends for over five years. Oh my god, that's crazy, I, I, right? I can't believe that. Sometimes you find a diamond in the rough on those places. I wouldn't call it a diamond in the rough. I, you know what? Sometimes you find like good people. Sometimes you just find an unexpected treasure. Okay. Yeah. I like a diamond in the rough. That, is that what I said? You said diamond in the rough. And then I, and then you said, not that. And then my mind was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Let me just say the thing I said before. I clearly was not listening very well. I'm so sorry. I will be an active listener. I promise. Sometimes you just find good people. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't know where they're going to take you. You just hope they put a blindfold over your eyes, chloroform over your nose, and whisk you away. Whisk me away to the Diamond Palace, or as it's more commonly known these days, the warehouse down by the river. There we go. So Stephen, what games do you like? Let's give people a taste of ourselves here a little bit. What games, what series, where do you you find yourself? So I'm all over the place. Um, I was playing Voice of Cards, which is kind of like a board game-esque RPG where you use cards to tell the story. Everything is all narrated and whatnot. But then um, you'll see me play Smash Brothers for a week straight, uh, Mario Kart the following week, and then Mario Party is the only thing I'm talking about. Ooh, I recently played Blast Blue versus, or the one with the Ruby characters, and that was great. It's the only fighting game I can win. Not with the Ruby characters, FYI. I thought I liked Smash Brothers until I played Smash Brothers with people who like Smash Brothers. Oh, that makes me remember I don't really like Smash Brothers. I'm, I'm not that good at it. You see, I'm not that great, but the thing I enjoy about it is like the communal aspect, the bringing everybody together and whatnot. That's yeah. like my biggest draw. Like I could lose 50,000 times and I won't be disappointed. I won't be mad about it. Mm-hmm. because everybody's having a good time. Yeah, that's fair. But back to, you know, my games, my genres and all that. Star Fox is my favorite Nintendo series. So anybody who else who loves Star Fox, get at me because we need to like get a new Star Fox game three years ago. In terms of my favorite like Sony series, Ratchet and Clank. 
the fact that they are still around and they beat out Sly Cooper, I'm super duper happy about, but I do wish we had more Sly Cooper games. And then my favorite Microsoft series is Alan Wake, which is now coming all over the place. So yeah, um, I can't wait to revisit Mr. Wake. Alan Wake coming everywhere soon. <laughs> let, let me let me get a courtesy towel. Yeah, please. Um, I thought about this and in trying to figure out what my favorite games, favorite series are, for the record, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I don't like picking one favorite. For me, I had this problem when I was a boy. I would I would have to pick out clothes and I would want to change my mind at the last minute. And I'd be like, but what if this striped shirt is disappointed in me? I don't want to let it down. So I just would wear the thing. <laughs> and to this day, I don't like picking one favorite thing because partly I don't want to let all the other things down. But also there's such a breadth of different things, whether we're talking about game series, movies, books, whatever, that landing on one feels so limiting to me. Likewise, I don't like doing, say, ranked lists, top fives. I've known people that have said, my number one favorite movie is this, and my number two favorite movie is this. And I'm like, but again, how do you rank something that's so diverse? So honestly, my I can't, I can't do tops, but if there was one at the top, it's probably Pokemon as I'm looking around my room there's one plushie there one there one there and one over there and there's another one in the closet and I'm currently trying to oh my god I love that it's Pikachu and Eevee for everybody who couldn't see I just uh pulled up my Eevee wearing a Pikachu costume who sits on top of my computer so fucking cute this is who sits next to my computer Oh, it's great. Baby. I love babies. Um, ADHD monkey. Yeah. But beyond that, I find myself most drawn to a lot of Nintendo properties, Um, at least in terms of series. I'm a big Zelda junkie. I love the iteration that they have and all the different styles, tones, takes on it. I really love. I'm also a very big fan of Animal Crossing. Just... That game is like crack. I love it. Just like I love crack. I really don't like crack. Don't do crack. I'm not going to self-incriminate if there's any prosecutors listening. I have never done anything. I have never even, I have never even taken an ibuprofen. Just kidding. Maybe I have. I have not. I do not admit to anything. I plead the fifth. I'm going to stop myself. So what you're telling everybody is you're a uh, bottom, you're not a top, because you don't like crack. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that, Stephen. I'm not going to touch that. You said crack, and all I was thinking was ass crack. This is where my mind goes. I am sorry, everybody. I'm the slut of the duo. And clearly my mind takes it in the other direction as like drugs. <laughs> like, where was I raised? I was a good child. I didn't do anything. Like, I was, I was a goody two-shoes. What are we even talking about? We're talking about video games. I love Mass Effect too. Drugs. Mass Effect is like drugs. Because... Drugs. <laughs> I'll tell you why Mass Effect is like drugs. Because it makes me cry and it also makes me happy. And it's a roller coaster of emotions. And I'm here one minute, I'm high. And then the next minute I'm low. And by minute, I mean like three hours later in the journey. 
after you've gone to like five or six different planets mm-hmm. and, you know, saved mm-hmm. the girl twice and solved mm-hmm. half the mystery. Yes, absolutely. I love nothing more than delayed gratification. But beyond that, I find myself playing a very um, sort of diverse mix of games. Same with styles of movies I watch and books. Games, I'm, I'm very much like, give me horror. I love horror. I love being scared. I love adventure games. Um, honestly, I'm drawn to anything, any sort of game that has strong atmosphere, a really interesting detailed story. I love a world. So show me something new. Show me something that feels real, but I haven't seen before, you know? Something I've, new and something immersive. Yeah, exactly. I've played Grand Theft Auto 4. I don't need to play any more of them. I played one Call of Duty. I don't need to play any more of them, you know? Like, I want to see something new. And so I'm, I'm always I'm always all over the place. Give me a good puzzle game, you know? Can we get a new Portal game already? Seriously. Oh my God. I really, we need a new portal game. We need a new portal game. I love, I love puzzle games. I love adventure games. Um, I'm a big fan of RPGs again, story. So I'm, I'm just all over the place. I never want to be, I won't ever want to limit myself and, and nail myself down to, you know, one category, people that are only going to play sports games or people that are only going to read fantasy novels. Like that's great for you but it doesn't speak to me in any, in any meaningful way. It's fun to mix things up. That's kind of why I like watching so much different anime. I was watching one earlier today where, or not even, there was a recommendation of one that I haven't seen where it's like my hero academia, which is all like the super cool powers, like X-Men, but capitalism. So you've got, all these magical schoolgirls who have different powers and they're out working for corporations saving the world. And that's kind of like the whole premise of it. I'm like, oh, it's interesting. But you know, it combines two or three different genres because who doesn't like watching magical schoolgirls mm-hmm. and who doesn't like a super powered society? Absolutely. Something something that's interesting, something that's unique, something you haven't seen before. Exactly. So getting ourselves going a little bit here. I talked about what genres and where I see myself. Where where do you live, Stephen? Where do you find yourself? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Como se dice? Uh, where do you find yourself existing most often? Think of like the, the character sheet with the octagon of paradigms, strength, dexterity, all that, and just replace it with all the genres. And I'm like right in the center with the more deviation probably to like RPG, comedy, and drama. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a fan of horror. I can do some horror. The gorier it gets, I can't do it because I feel the horror. Like when they're like pulling ribs apart, I will feel that and I will cringe. Yes. So I can't do the gory stuff, the jump scares I could do, but it's, I'm very whimsical. So it's whatever calls me. If I feel like romantic comedy, I'm watching a rom-com. If I feel like comedy, I'm doing comedy. If I feel like bawling my eyes like a bitch, guess what I'm playing in the background? Kingdom Hearts? No, um, Afterlife by Ricky Gervais. Is that a stand-up special or is that a movie? It's a series on Netflix. Um, The whole premise is the guy's wife dies and the series is him dealing with her death and just remembering. It is dark as fuck and it's one of those like, 
I'm still on only season one. I've been watching it for two years. <gasps> wow. It's one of those, when I feel like I want to ball like a bitch, I will play that and I will ball like a bitch. Can we just spell any energy right now that crying is inherently gendered? Oh, yeah. I love to cry. Everybody should cry. Everybody needs to do it. It's a human thing. I just want to, I want to cry like a baby. That's what I want. Like I want tears streaming down my face, mascara lines everywhere. Uh, I want to be like, like heaving. And I don't get that often enough. When I do need to cry though, I watch Edward Scissorhands. Cause that movie just cuts right to my heart. Like he just wants to be loved. And he has scissor hands. And that's the whole movie. Love and scissors and scissoring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me put this out there. Um, this is a Steven Universe stan space. Um, Absolutely. Soft boy superhero energy mm-hmm. all the way. Crying can fix things as long as you cry hard enough and you drown them in your tears and make sure they don't come back for air. Mm-hmm. We love soft boys in this space. We love boys with emotions. Uh, We love boys who can show their emotions. Yes. We love also boys. We love softness and vulnerability. Give me your emotions. There's strength and vulnerability. Yes. So you said you were mostly horror with movies and stuff like that now that we got to get back on track. I love horror, but I wouldn't say I'm mostly horror. I'm, I just find myself drawn to it because I find it so interesting. And I, I do go all over the place. I'm like, you out. sometimes I want a sad movie. Sometimes I want, I don't find myself watching a lot of comedies because I think they're, they don't make me laugh. Um, what was your question? I accidentally talked over you. That's fine. Um, so, because we spoke about genres, you, your intro had your genres and what you liked into it more so. I was asking, like, what kind of music you're drawn to? (sighs) Bubblegum pop. I just want to be happy. You know, like, I I think about my music tastes, and sometimes I'm like, why are they all females? I don't know. I just, I just want to be happy. I just want to, I just want to dance and have a good time. I think Carly Rae Jepsen is the underrated queen of our time. I think... Lord is the reincarnation of David Bowie. Lady Gaga is a true performance artist, although sometimes her lyrics are crazy. Adele makes me cry. Adele makes me feel. Adele makes me set fire to the rain. <laughs> I used to love singing that song to my ex, but I would replace any time she said I with the name Adele. <laughs> <laughs> Adele sets fire. I can't do it and I'm not going to sing, but Adele sets fire to the rain. Adele lets it burn. Adele lets it, I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've listened to set fire to the rain. How the fuck do you light rain on fire? I don't understand the metaphor. Uh, It's acid rain and you just hold the lighter out and you just watch as each drop that passes through the lighter ignites. Oh God, that scares the heck out of me. I don't like that. Why did I have an answer so at the ready for that? You've been asked that question before? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going with this episode? This is... 
this is the introduction episode. This is all just like people getting a feel for us, which by the way, when you said bubblegum pop, the only thing I thought about was Sakura Kiss. You have to search that up. It was an anime theme song. Okay. Either the Japanese version or the English version, both are fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say sometimes they're more partial to the English version mm-hmm. because they have like these guys with very swarthy voices singing certain parts. And it's just like, I, I, this is a bop. I get into this. Okay. I'm going to make a note of that. While we're on the subject, I just want to balance it out and say I also listen to men. Generally, I don't because men don't have anything good to say, but I do love me some Brandon Flowers of The Killers. I do love The Killers. Have you ever listened to Bleachers? I have not. I have listened to The Killers, though. It's Jack Antonoff's band. Who's where he's worked with everybody from uh, Lord to Taylor Swift to Lana Del Rey. I think he's fantastic. I also am really enjoying Years and Years, 21 Pilots too. So I do have a very sort of distinct taste, but I find myself, I'll obsess over an album for a couple of weeks and I don't get tired of it, but I just eventually like phase out of it. So it's not like if I go back to it, I'm like, I don't want to listen to this. I'll just sort of phase back into it. Yeah, no. um, So with the rise of TikTok, I've been like, I will use TikTok every once in a while to find somebody I want to listen to. Mm-hmm. And there's actually quite a few I'm going through now and like Brave Weather. I just started listening to because I thought they were pretty cool. Um, You're Pretty, which Thank you. Um, they actually have a fun show and <laughs> might, um, not a fun show, a fun song. They actually do the song Keep Riding Me. So if anybody wants to go listen to that, just go listen to Keep Riding Me. That was um. That was my last week anthem, even though <laughs> I was bedridden and I was disappointed. I couldn't do that. Um, Mike Tavera, I've been kind of like, I've just been listening to a lot of TikTok artists, people I find there. So it's a mix. It's a multitude of mixes there. My genres are not exclusive to one genre. I think one thing that we will wind up talking about a lot in this series where we have a lot of overlap is our taste in animation. I think that's one place where we really bonded. Um, Cause you and I, like, I think that's the thing we're both the craziest for. Like we both have the biggest like hunger for, for animation in any of its form, whether that be Saturday morning cartoons, you know, cartoons in general, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, anime, um, animation just as a whole feeds our soul and our whole i mean yeah no there's there's a few furry porn that i've seen um that do feed the whole so yeah there's 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 enough out there (laughs) um tell me about tell me about that steven let's let's give the people a taste for 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 what you like we have already established that this is a soft boy safe space because we love steven we love Steven. But what Steven! else do we love? Well, animation. I think that's a, that's a good spot for us to kind of put a little pin and let everybody just soak in the ambiance and the rose smelling mm-hmm. bushes of my shards. Um, yeah. Because I'm sorry, go ahead. we can go ahead with this for a while. I recently rewatched Promare and oh, that 
it ages so well. I mean, it's not that old, but even now still like going back and watching it, I was still just, this is great. Like I just, I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. I'm a huge Trigger fan. So anybody who knows Studio Trigger. um, Hit us up. Exactly. Because they do some crazy shit. They do so much good work. I really, I spoke to a lot of people for that Star Wars episode that they animated. I still haven't seen that. Shame on me. I have to watch that series. Definitely. As an anime junkie, like anybody who loves animation, Mm -hmm. the fact that the stories were well-contained and they were one-off episodes, like everybody, every studio did something fantastic. So I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I like one episode over the other. I think everybody had their cool little moments. Everybody had their pieces and whatnot. Studio Trigger, I was super duper happy to see and I was excited and that was my draw. I got into conversations where people were like, yeah, I didn't care for it. And I was like, um, most of my favorite anime are Studio Trigger. So let's go. I'm going to burn you at the stakes. I'm going to take you to church and we're going to go get dinner because you're getting fucked. Yep. I back up everything you said about that. Studio Trigger, chef's kiss. We love So I'd like to take this time to briefly introduce a segment that will probably be recurring that I am thinking of as tangential tangent time. Allow me to repeat that. Tangential tangent time. Because I like to talk and I I feel the need to tell you about something, Stephen. I haven't told anybody this yet. You're going to be the first. So give me the floor. How much time do I have for this, Stephen? We're doing the tangents. Um, is, this, is this two minutes? Because two feels appropriate for tangential tangent time. And go. I have to tell you, I've seen this movie. You, I think you know, I've been super obsessed with Belle recently. Uh, I cannot stop thinking about Belle. I cannot stop seeing Belle. I saw it on the first day that it came out in IMAX. I sat in the first row of the IMAX theater. And let me tell you, the secret to sitting in the first row is you look straight and then you arc your eyes up. But then I was like, I got to see this again. And then I started thinking like, okay, I just want to, you know, I want to pass the movie that I've seen most in theaters, which was Guardians of the Galaxy, I've seen Belle in theaters seven days straight. I've already seen Belle seven times, Stephen. I'm probably going to go back to see it again this weekend. I can't stop thinking about it. I've seen it. I alternated English. I'm sorry, Japanese first, then English, then Japanese and English. I really want a promare cut of Belle where they sub in the music in English, but all the text is, or all the dialogue is in Japanese. The whole thing is subtitled because the music I understand it better when I can understand the music, but I want them to be speaking in Japanese. So they're just are singing in English in, in you. And the last time I saw Promare, I'm sorry, Bell, how did I mess that up? Um, I went to the Kips Bay AMC, which this is a little bit in New York City for you. So I'm so spoiled living like 20 minutes from the AMC Lincoln Square, which is like the best and biggest IMAX screen in the city. I went to Kips Bay, which is like, I went down and it's on the east side. So I had to, I had to take us to that at 45, a 40 minute walk from myself. So it took me about an hour to get there. And I walked in 
And I forgot I was in New York City for a second because this IMAX theater was so bunk. I, I I walked out of the theater and I was like, how did I, where am I? Why did I come to New Jersey to see this movie? Like, this was not a big screen. This was so like dinky. And I was just like, this is, this is, this is not good. And so, yeah, I've seen it seven times in theaters. I can't stop listening to the soundtrack. I finally looked at the lyrics so I can know what she's saying. Cause she's crazy. All I can say is I might show up with pink hair and a line of freckles across my face because I am obsessed with Belle. Like, I just want to be Belle. Like, how can you not see this movie and not want to be Belle? She's fabulous. She's so interesting. And what I love about the movie is that I thought it was, I didn't understand it at first, but I've come to realize it's a movie about finding your inner strength, finding your inner power and, and learning to be strong with yourself. I really love that. I love that it's a movie about love, but it's not, you know, typical romance love, like I'm gonna love you forever. No, her power is her love. She gives love. She loves people. And I, I just love it so much, Stephen. I've seen Belle seven times and I'm probably going to go three more times this weekend. See it in English. Oh. I'm going to, I want to see it twice. I want to see it because it looks great. So that tangent, it was like three or four minutes, not the two minutes, but I really want to see it. Like seeing it's a spiritual successor to Summer Wars, uh, Boy and His Beast, like the fact the calling cards are all there. I really want to see it. It's also like she's just this pop diva. Like, come on, I'm here for that. The art looks amazing. It looks fantastic. Oh, my God. The colors are vibrant. The worlds feel alive. They feel multifaceted. Like, I just I I, I can't wait to see it. I want to see it twice. I really want to just like sit down and enjoy it. The fact that you got to see it seven times already, I'm annoyed. And now I'm mad. Now I'm jealous. Because <laughs> I really want to like go out and see what she's all about. I wanted to surpass the movie I'd seen most in theaters, which was five times previously, which was the first Guardians of the Galaxy, which was just a, uh, I really enjoyed it. And I kept finding myself in situations where people were like, let's go see the movie. And I was like, sure, it's fun. But now I feel gross about it because of Chris Pratt. And then before that, uh, I think four times I've seen Hell's Moving Castle on separate occasions. Um, and then I saw Coraline three times in its run. So maybe we can see Hell's Moving Castle. Anytime it's playing in the city, it's like, I'll go see that. I love it. I want to be Sophie and Howell. I want to be them both. I just want to be Sophie. Any man that gives me a field of flowers, oh, if he has wings, oh, he's a wizard, he's studly and kind, oh, I'm dead. Hal is, Hal is the perfect man. Bless you. Thank you. Damn it, you heard it. I was hoping you wouldn't hear that. Steven, I can see you. Oh, as long as you didn't hear it on the, uh, on the audio, I'm looking sure. at that. We'll cut this out. No, this didn't happen. What were we talking? What were we rambling about? We were going on about animation. We were talking about Belle and uh, that tangent in, into House Moving Castle, wanting to be um, Sophie, wanting to be Howl, wanting to be caressed in the middle of the sky by a bird person. Stop it, Stephen. Stop it. You know my weakness. Oh my God! Can can we can we take a second out of all the races? In Legend of Zelda, which one do you think would be your most favorite? Because I know who exactly. Like, if I were born in the Legend of Zelda universe, I would not be a Hylian. I would not be a Sheikah. I know what tribe I would be. Well, 
I know which one I would want as my partner. I would still, I don't know if I would not want to be a Hylian because I like the dynamic of the Hylian cross like the other races, but I hate to say I'm probably going to choose Prince Sidon because he's 10 feet tall and he's a fish man and he's just smooth and I don't know. I think he's would you be a Hylian or would you be a different race? See, that's so hard because sometimes I think about, if I think about Mass Effect, it's like, well, yeah, I'd be a blue person. That would be so fucking dope. If I could have the chance to be like some crazy color, I would be, I would be nine feet tall. I would have, you know, six foot long legs. That would be like little spindles. I'd have really long fingers um, and I'd have like pink skin or something crazy like that. If I had to be, a race from Legend of Zelda. I'd be one of the Rito because I would want to fly. But if I had to be with one of the races, you know, it'd be the fish people, even though that's contradictory to what I just said. Like, this is this is the exception. Listen, Ravali would be my husband. Like, I would be Ravali's gay mistress and like, I would be riding in Bomb Meadow and like, Ravali, you are my daddy. Let's go. Wasn't he mean though? Yeah, he can be mean to me. He can, you know, verbally abuse me. I'm down for that. And petty issues. As long as you have that conversation and it's not like out in public. Oh no, dehumanize me in public. Let's go. Rivali is like, ah, uh, Rivali is such frothy loins. I, I do think about what it would be like to have a bird man and like, we would just be like fooling around in the sky. What it would feel like to like lay in a bed of feathers, like his wings would be wrapped around me. Oh my God, I would just pluck one and just like, you know, very sultuously rub it against my face and just like, oh, hey, your feathers here. How'd that get here? <gasps> Oops, how'd that one get here? Yeah. Uh -huh. Are we are, 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 are we both getting a little too... Uh... We're getting too into the furry talk right now. Let's... Uh... So let me ask you a question. This is our episode zero. We want to give a people a taste of who we are. Where are you right now? What are you, what are you thinking about? What are you playing? What are you watching, listening to? Like, what's in your brain space right now? All right, so... I'm going to rattle it off real quick because I will lose track real quick. Um, right now I'm playing Pokemon Pearl because I'm getting ready for Legend of Arceus and the leaks just dropped. So I'm super excited about the leaks that I've seen. So I really want to play it now. I was going to wait a couple of weeks, but now I want to get it launch day. So that's what I'm playing. But my headspace, I'm still thinking about that Microsoft merger or buyout with Activision Blizzard just because that now changes the way things happen and seeing what Sony has had to say about it. Mm -hmm. I'm an optimist. Uh, anybody will tell you, you guys will hear, I'm a big optimist, but Sony's response, I had to laugh at them and be like, can we, can we be a little real here? They're your biggest competition. There is going to be some underhanded happening. No shade, but I think it's, a little hypocritical of Sony to say Microsoft needs to keep these games multi-platform when Sony goes out of their way to make games exclusive to their platform. That's all I'm going to say about that. 
Well, that's everybody. And we can get onto this topic at a different time, but everybody, so what drives a console sales are their console exclusives. So that's why Pokemon is always on Nintendo. Animal Crossing Nintendo has its thing. Sony has their exclusives and Microsoft has theirs. That is your drive because me taking it a little bit personally, what drove me to buy a PS5 rather than an Xbox was that cancellation of that one Dungeons and Dragons ethereal world where the person was riding a dragon, had a machine gun or an AR. He had a gun and it was like Guns and Dragons. And I was like, this is freaking awesome. I want to play this. I want this. And then when it got canceled, I was like, well, I can wait on the next box. I'm not going to play. I forgot about that game. That's the game that was developed by Platinum and had the guy with the white hair. If we're thinking of the same game and he was riding the dragons. And I was just so disappointed when that game was canceled. I know. And, and but that's so going back to, you know, Stephen, why you did you saying, do this to me? Why did you punish me like this? I think somebody said they were going to pick it back up and they were going to redo it or remake it. So it's in production and there's a spiritual successor to it. And I put air quotes around that because um it it's it's getting the back for blood treatment, which if you play Left for Dead and Back for Blood, no qualms there. Okay. But Okay. I'm leaving it at that for now. We'll get into the console dispute at another time. Yeah, let's not let's not go there because we we both have our, our console allegiances. You're very much a Sony fan. Nintendo. Oh, we both we 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 all love Nintendo. We love you, Nintendo. Sponsor us. <laughs> but when it when it comes to the other systems, you know, that's a that's a discussion for another time. I've got my qualms with Sony. I own an Xbox and the, the the new Xbox Series X, terrible name Xbox. You 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 fucked that up at least I'll say that. But um I think it it's kind of interesting to think about our journeys. If you think about consoles as a journey, I started my very first console was a Game Gear. Do you remember Game Gear? I do remember Game Gear. In fact, uh, we have it somewhere in the apartment. Oh, I have mine at my mom's house. It's so, it took those big chunky batteries and like four of them. So those things were expensive. On top of that, I had a power pack, which had to be screwed into the back with a physical screw. This thing was so thick. I could only play it plugged into the wall. I loved this system. I absolutely loved this difficult little system my very first game on it was sonic 2 and i i could not beat the first area boss it was just a pincher at the bottom of a cliff that like did pinchies i could never beat it but i was just like my my easily pleased eight-year-old self was like i love it yay Um, this is the greatest thing ever oh it was so good i had so many good games for that i had uh all these great disney platformers i had an aladdin game and a little mermaid game there was this disney game there was this uh, game called bonkers which i think was based off a cartoon yes so i I vaguely remember that and you had to find like pickles or something i don't know they kind of look like pringles but I loved that when I was a kid. I had, and then I quickly became a, a Nintendo person, a Nintendo boy. I had an N64. I was gifted, or 
we we thrifted probably a Super Nintendo and eventually a Nintendo. I loved those systems to death. I still remember going to Toys R Us, rest in peace, baby, we love you, to buy my first Game Boy. And I got Pokemon Red with it. And I remember sitting in the car reading the box. That brings back very fond memories of like any of those times when we'd go to the toy store, when we'd go to Toys R Us, let's be specific. And I'd sit in the car ride home as my mom was driving me and like reading the box, getting so hyped for the game, Uh, reading the manual. Don't have manuals anymore. I'm so disappointed. Like I still do that. I look for a manual to this day and I just, I read it because there's flavor text in there. There's something fun or something interesting. I support not having manuals. I understand the environmental cost. That's very weighs heavy on my mind, but it's a huge missed opportunity to not print something on the reverse side of the paper since most of these cases are clear or have little things like the 3DS cases had those little squares cut out in them. Why isn't there something printed in there? I think some I think some companies have learned, oh, we can do something like that because um, for the new Spider-Man game, uh, we actually got the Miles Morales version. So we have like two copies of the game, mm-hmm. two physical copies, but we flipped it around so that way we can have the inside cover because Miles Morales is my favorite Spider-Man. And that one just looked a lot cooler than the actual cover. So I was like, eh, we're going to just do that because if we're going to have two copies, might as well. There's a few really cool ones like that. Back when I bought primarily physical games, I um, the case for Bioshock Infinite, when you flipped it around, looked like an old timey sort of like music box. It was all red and had this really cool like etched design into it. Oh, it was beautiful. Um I can't think of any others, so I'm just going to say that that was the only one worth mentioning. That's the only one I know we've done it to. Mm -hmm. Everything else, we kind of just leave it there because we just, it's the side covers. Um, If we're going to display something, we display the steel books. Like that's, we have a shelf, we have three shelves, one for our PlayStation games, one for our Switch games, and then a steel book shelf where it is all of our steel books spanning generations so it goes back from like playstation 3 xbox 360 playstation 4 neither of us owned a series x or whatever that other one was and then any nintendo switch ones boom ironically it was bioshock was the game that got me to buy an xbox that was sort of like my first taste of gaming as an adult quote unquote because it was the time i was like oh i want to play this you know game that's on a new system and it's kind of spooky my first spooky game was resident evil 4 on the wii that game scared the crap out of me we love it though i'm surprised it was the wii and not the gamecube oh it was the gamecube oh my god it was the gamecube what am i doing because i had i had that game on there i had killer seven which was another like weird venture into like more grown-up games it was yeah around that same time yeah oh my god i forgot that that was on the gamecube i don't think i ever played it on the wii i think i owned it on the wii and i probably played a few levels but i don't think i beat it okay yeah uh i'm gonna do that with kingdom hearts i'm gonna do the all in super mega awesome cloud version bundle for the switch just so i can have them because it's one of those like i'm such a big kingdom hearts fan I want. I just. He's a fucking nerd. 
listen, let me preface this. So I waited 14 years for Sora to finally be in Super Smash Brothers the day before I was having a conversation with my coworker and I straight up said I would fucking love Sora, but I know it's not going to happen. At like nine in the morning, I am literally at work watching the Nintendo Direct where Sora got revealed and the two of us are going back and forth. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And now that's my main, that's my, that's my Super Smash character. I have not picked up anybody else. I have not, I used to be a Joker main. I was an Isabel main. Those two have now been put down and it's all strictly Dickly Sora. I've never played a Kingdom Hearts game. Actually, that's not true. I played the Kingdom Hearts game on the Game Boy Advance. That was the card shuffle game. Yes. I, I didn't beat it. I don't remember what it's called. I remember liking it. I, I just remember being confused. Chain of memories. Sure. I trust that. I know you're right. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm never going to play Kingdom Hearts. I don't care. I recognize that it's great and people like it. I, I know the song, clean and clean and pure, Simple dirty and clean. clean. Yeah, whatever. Um, Simple and clean. Sure. Downy, you know, that was a... Is Downey still a product? Is, is Downey yes, still a cleaner? Okay, so that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I just I just can't. Stephen, what was your first game console? Um, my first, so uh, it's a little mix. I think the first console I owned was a Game Boy Color, but my grandparents had a Super Nintendo. My grandmother loved playing Dr. Mario, mm-hmm. but my aunt, who lived with her at the time, she was a big Zelda fan. So that this is already setting us up for a big video game family household. The fact that I'm the biggest nerd in my family is a little shocking considering there were like four of us who grew up together and we all sat down. When I tell you Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time were family activities, each kid got to do a temple. It was one of those we played and it was, you got up to a temple. All right, well, here you go, Matthew. You're going to play this temple. And then, you know, mom went and got us to the next temple. And it was like, Stephanie, it's your turn. And then the next temple, Stephen, have fun. And then the other one, and it was Justin, it's your turn. So I love that. Did you guys all watch together? Oh, yeah, we all watched. Um, it is actually known in my family as a kid. I was afraid of the Majora Mask transformations. The ones that I didn't like specifically were the Zora. The Zora would freak me out. Those transformations were particularly gruesome. The fact that he puts the mask on and he's screaming in pain as his face writhes. Yes, that's very dark. Majora's Mask was a dark game, but I loved it for that. Yeah, no, it it was dark and everything. Um, but we enjoyed it. I mean, like even let me put Zelda aside. Kirby was another one where we all played together. Whoever, like one person would be Kirby and then we would take turns being the partner. And then when we got to certain parts or when we wanted to switch out, we would switch out. It was never like, a oh, you're taking too much time on the system. We just kind of, we enjoyed it. And then, you know, Mario Kart, the South Park shooting game for Nintendo 64. But like, that's, that's how like we grew. I actually do remember playing a classic Atari 
we found it one day and like we were just all enthralled and we were playing pong on this big ass tv at the time and i mean like it this thing was it easily took up two feet by four feet of the room it was ginormous it was just like what the fuck but that's to tell you god now i'm aging myself and i didn't want to age myself but um we did that and my first console that I owned was Pokemon and we all played Pokemon together, but I leaned backward further. Um, because I'm that person, Pokemon is not a console. And I just want to clarify, I assume it was Pokemon Red and you were playing on, you said the Game Boy? Game Boy Color? Game Boy Color. Um, my Game Boy Color was the neon green one. Ooh, I had the, I had the clear purple one. That was my first console or not my first console my first game boy my first console technically because i'm that person was the game gear and then i had a nintendo 64 and then i bought myself which i was so excited about going to toys r us was the game boy color and it was clear purple anyway we're back back so that was my thing who was your uh who was your first starter in pokemon have we had this discussion i want to say it was squirtle nope oh shit then it was bulbasaur Yes, it was. Yeah. I'm all over the place with my starters because I'm not. So most people I know will tend to like stick to one type element. Mm -hmm. So like they'll either do the fire, water or grass. I'm not like Bulbasaur was my first. I was that kid. Uh, My brother loved Squirtle because he was blue and that was his favorite color at the time. My elder cousin, who I call my brother, he was Charmander because, of course, he had to be Red Ranger, Mr. Popular person, which, ironically, his favorite Ranger was the Red Ranger. But he had to be the popular one. So we'll put it that he was Charmander and I was Bulbasaur. My favorite color at the time was green, so it was Bulbasaur. But then when Silver and Gold came out, I was Team Cyndaquil. I was like, fuck, fuck you guys. Like, I don't give a shit about the flower, whatever, Chikorita. For alligator is cool and all, but fucking Typhlosion will blow shit up. That's where I'm at, people. Mm -hmm. And like, I've never, I think it was, I was grass, fire, grass, because then it was Trico. After Trico, I went back to grass, or I stood with grass because it was Turtwig. After that was Yanova, right? Yes. Gen 5. Gen 5. I was Oshawott because cut, 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 team otter. (laughs) Okay. I didn't care for Tepig and then Snivy reminded me too much of Excalibur from Soul Eater. And I was just like, this is just a meme before me sort of thing. So I didn't really care for that. And then after Unova, it was, that's a New York one. Then we had Kalos. Then we had France. Uh-huh. So I went to Fennekin because Foxes. Team Fox. Absolutely. Even though I should have stuck, like I, I do really adore Greninja, I love the whole concept, the line and everything. I love ninjas also, mm-hmm. but Team Fox, she's a fox. I didn't care. I did not like Del Fox. I, I'm severely disappointed with Del Fox, but she's a fox. So I stands her. Okay. I stands her. After that, I went Team Poplio because fucking Primarina. I like, she just, she was a pop goddess. I just, I really loved her. And then now... We're down to Sword and Shield, and I was Team Sobble because Soft Boy Energy. Oh, that's so cute. I'm mostly impressed by the fact that 
despite the fact that we're both crazy Pokemon fans, I had to look at a cheat sheet and you did that through memory, which I'm just like, who is who? Who is what now? They're all blending together for me. <laughs> Listen, you never forget your favorite or your first starter. You n- you'll only ever have one first, baby. And that never changes. Your favorite might, but your first never will. So we actually, we did that. Um, my partner, Tim, for everybody listening, because I keep referring to him and I don't m- mention, you know, we ended up getting him uh brilliant diamond for christmas mm-hmm. and he's played other pokemon games he's well into pokemon but it wasn't until he met me that like we've actually like now it's i go over and we'll talk about pokemon he used to love mew because it was a legendary this past year he came up and was just like oh my new favorite pokemon is eevee and it's because your favorite pokemon's eevee and i was like i'm so Aww. touched and so we got him we got him brilliant diamond and now I'm trying to like play and get more into it. I've been sick for a week, so I haven't really played as much as he has, but um, I'm trying to get up there. So that way he and I can play online and do stuff, Diamond and Pearl together. That's so cute. I, I love that. I am not really, I didn't play Diamond or Pearl remakes because um, Gen 4 was probably my least favorite. And also I'm really poor right now waiting to get hired somebody hire me give me monies for jobs but also i'm just incredibly hyped for legends arceus oh i haven't looked at any of the leaks i haven't looked at nothing i hate spoilers don't give them to me don't put them in front of my eyes don't tell me about it i don't want to know but i am i'm just hyped from the unknown of it Uh, and hearing that your hype makes me more hype but i still i still don't want to know and I'm also hyped because it's like a week away and I, I'm not really thinking about it. And it's like, oh my God, this game is coming out in a week versus something like cyberpunk where, you know, we're lusting over it for years and it turns into a wet fart. Like, come on, come on, game developers. Don't, don't announce this stuff so far in advance that we're not going to know. Give me another Nintendo did it perfectly with Metroid dread. They announced it six months ahead of release, despite the fact that that game had been rumored for years. Excellent marketing, Nintendo. Chef's kiss. And that's how I'm feeling about Legends Arceus. I don't like saying Arceus. That feels wrong to me. Yeah, I always feel like Arceus is just the way to go. It feels elegant. Arceus feels clunky to me. Ugh. Ugh. Now, okay. Preface this for everybody. We are a spoiler-free zone. So if we talk about anything, um, I limit myself because I will dig into things mm-hmm. very badly, but I limit myself to like what's seen on trailers, what reveals they've done, stuff like that. Have you seen any of the uh, Pokemon reveals, any of the newer Pokemon that they've shown in any of their trailers or not yet? The last time I looked was I think maybe the second trailer and they... They showed off this one new guy, which had like swords for arms or something. Axes. Yeah. And I saw a few of the new forms, which I, I love this idea of like new formed Pokemon. I That was, I think, the best thing that they introduced in the Hawaii region. Um, Alola was the Alolan Pokemons. I'm so glad they continued it in 
I'm going to keep talking so that I can think of the name and don't tell it to me, but it's generation eight and it's, um, um, ma, 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 um, Gallant. I don't know. Sword and shield Pokemon. Um, ah, Galar. Galar. Fuh. Anyway, I love it. And I'm so hyped for, for that. The, the Hisuian Basculin looks cool. The, Hishuin Stantler. I don't know. I just think it's cool. I think it's a great way to expand the series, to bring it back to the fact that these are meant to be living creatures, the idea of evolution, which was always so important and core to the Pokemon series. They literally evolve. It's part of it. I think it's just a great evolution of the series, pun intended. So that Hishuin Stantler is actually an evolution. That's not a, um, that's not a region specific Pokemon. It's still cool. I love it. I love it so much. And I, that's, that's pretty much all I know. I saw a few trailers. I'm, I'm at the point where I can actively not care about it right now. I'm just deep in, I went back and started playing Skyrim again. I think I've been telling you about this and I've just, that's not a game that like everybody it's been around for 10 years. Great. Fine. But I never went back and played it since I had my 360. And so diving back into it now, I'm just, I'm just falling into the world. It's it's one of those games where I can just walk around, look at everything, pick everything up, take it all back to my house. It's a game that allows me to be as obsessive about my books in game as I am in real life. I love that. Okay. Two chef's kisses for Skyrim. But I figured that game was going to pretty much take up a lot of my brain space for the next year until Bethesda's next game comes out. So I'm happy letting that game just soak in my mind, give it, you know, it's last hurrah. 10 years, it's 10 years old. I can't believe it's 10 years old. Yeah. The game still holds up, still has power. Really speaks to me to the, it speaks to me of the power of having artistic design in your games not striving for, you know, looking like the next best real thing, but having a, a strong art direction that will age gracefully, you know, name, a, name a game that's aged better than way, uh, wind waker. Can you do it? Ooh. Probably not. Um, actually radio jet set future. Sure. Dishonored. That game is going to age so beautifully. Even breath of the wild, I think is, I actually think breath of the wild may be the most beautiful game I've ever seen. I think that one is going to age very, very beautifully because it, it's got this contemporary realism where they give you realism, but it's not fully there. It's not like it, it still has this cartoony cell shaded kind of design to it. And it's just, it's so beautiful and it is so gorgeous. It's one of those games where I actually, I ran to like the tallest mountain. I took screener yep. scenery shots because I just, I couldn't say no. Absolutely. I find myself playing that game and I'm running up a hill and I'm like, oh, I got to run back down this hill so I can make sure I take the screenshot right as I'm running and the wind is blowing and it looks great. And it that game is like a painting. It's not striving for realism, but it's doing enough so that your brain is filling in the blanks. It's reading between the lines. And because they went for that like painterly watercolor aesthetic, it just feels so beautiful. And because it's so high resolution when you zoom in the characters have that same sort of cell shaded art style as wind waker so they just look like cartoons but 
that allows them to exist outside the realm of the uncanny. And it's just a really smart, everything about that game was smartly designed. I give Nintendo major props for that game. At least the art design in that game. We can, I'm sure there's, I'm sure. I think there might be other things to talk about in Legend of Zelda. That game was well worth the wait. Oh, absolutely. You know, I waited like two years to play that game because I waited about two years to get a Switch and I was obstinate that I was not going to like that game. I was like, Breath of the Wild, whatever. I love I love Legend of Zelda, but I just don't care about this. And then I played through, I got my Switch when the Switch Lite came out. And I believe that was at the same time or roughly the same time as Link's Awakening. Played through that, hard as heck, will not ever go back to that. And then I, I slowly dipped it, my toes into Breath of the Wild and I very slowly became addicted to Breath of the Wild. I will say, so I played Link's Awakening when it was released on the 3DS digital system, like when mm-hmm. they were releasing a bunch of games and whatnot. Sure. I played it on that, and I have to say, the transition from where it was Game Boy Color, Game Boy Graphics, to Switch was drastic and it was easily point a to point b like it would the contrast was so different and i replayed link's awakening and i enjoyed it again i was you know there were parts where i was like i kind of vaguely remember doing this i remember doing this but this looks so different like i i walked through it and i knew the story but it felt refreshing it felt new even with the graphic change and everything like it felt it just it felt good and if they did remakes like that, that's part of the reason why I am taking my time with Diamond and Pearl, or I'm playing Pearl. I'm probably not even going to get to Diamond, even though I got Diamond. Spoiler warning, everybody. I buy both versions of Pokemon. I'm that indecisive. Yes, I am going to have a future nephew who will play the other versions because I tend to stick to the less popular ones, but I'm going to always do both because I have two Switches. I have a regular Switch and a Switch Lite. Um, but Steven, it's because you're a nerd. Well, that's a nerd. You you love Nintendo and you just want to give them all your money, honey. Like, let's be real with the people. You're not wrong, but you're not, not right. OK, fine. I'll take that. But um, um, more like yum. But um, tush. I forgot what I was saying. Well, then I'm going to say that Breath of the Wild is akin to Skyrim in the fact that it's a world I just want to exist in. It's a game I'll go back to because I just want to live in that space, which I think makes for a very special game. Um, It's a game that will continue to, if not exist in a physical way, by that I mean as a game that you will continue to play, but a game that you will continue to think about and revisit in your mind. That's why I went back to play Skyrim again, because I was, I was still thinking about the music and just running around a mountain and, and these this beautiful angelic choir comes in and there's an aurora overhead and I'm just running around and I'm not even doing anything. It's th- those moments that still make me love that game. Now I remember what I was saying or where I was going with that. That's part of why I'm taking my time with Diamond and Pearl. There are quality of life changes that make the game so much better. For example, they removed HMs. There are no more hidden moves. And I think they're going to keep that going throughout remakes, through new Pokemon games. Good. It's one of those where it just, it feels, 
it was great. Like I went through the first two gyms and that first gym, it was just like, oh yeah, you're going to call Pokemon on your PokeWatch and they're going to use the hidden move. And I was like, what? I don't wait. Like I saved my Bidoof to be my HM bitch. <laughs> you're, I don't need one. I don't have to. What? This is different. I enjoy this. I think one of my favorite things about Sword and Shield, which people gave it so much crap, which to me didn't make any sense because I'm playing this game and I'm seeing all these amazing quality of life improvements that just made the game so much better. The fact that you could withdraw Pokemon from anywhere. That's in Diamond and Pearl also. I literally just did that. And Isn't I was it like, fantastic? Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. So many things that just tweak the game in small ways that make the overall experience so much more enjoyable. Yes, I agree. I think the hate for Sword and Shield was undeserved. I really enjoyed it. And I honestly think it was the game that paved the way so that way we could have something like Legends Arceus. Game Freak likes to really do things in like little ways. They'll introduce new features that they'll then like push because they're very, they're very much loath to like do a whole redo or a whole revamp, a whole reworking and reimagining, if you will. This really feels like the first time we've gotten something like that. I'm surprised you mentioned there was like hate because I don't remember seeing any hate for uh, Sword and Shield. I feel like I experience it a lot online. Maybe I'm just in, in weird circles, but people just give it so much crap. And I'm like, I don't understand why it's such a fun enjoyable experience everything about it from the raid battles which i had so much fun with the interactivity being able to just play with my friends on my switch although that speaks more to the hardware the wild area i thought was just so fun so fresh so interesting to me i it's honestly the first pokemon game i've ever caught them all and i've played every single one just about all the remakes you see, it, it's one of those, I think this is the first time I actually went and like, even now I went back and I tried to complete the Pokedex because I went back and I played it for a little bit with the two legendaries that came out. We went and we got me my uh, shiny sword dog and shield dog, but I went back and it was just like, oh, I'm playing sword and shield again. And this is, I forgot. I was doing Gigantamax raids. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. And like, I spent a whole nother time out there in the wild area. Never mind the fact that I never did um, the second DLC and I have it, but I was just like, oh, this is, by the way, the second, like the DLCs came out way too long after. I feel like they needed to be closer because then there would have been more, yeah, you got my money for it, but there would have been more um, engagement with it. It's funny you mentioned that because I'm super happy to see Nintendo start to pick up the slack and embrace DLC more. I see no reason why we would need to have a Pokemon Platinum or a Pokemon Crystal when we can now just continue to update the games, you know, give us more content, give us more things that we're craving. I think it's a great way to push the, the series for, forward and I'm excited to see what they do with it. Give me more Nintendo, like continue to embrace the things that we've all been understanding for the past however many years, 10 years now. I will say I appreciate the fact that we didn't have a third iteration um, this time 
around. And I'm, I'm appreciating that more and more. When Black and White first did it with Black and White 2, I didn't really care for it. I was just like, uh, just give me gray. I don't want to buy four games. I did so anyway, because I'm a fucking nerd. Yes, you are, Stephen. And I did it with Sun and Moon, Sun and Moon 2, or Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, whatever. But this new, where we're just going to, you keep the same game and we just update it. We give you a DLC space. That's the way to go. That's the way to do it because we don't want to play this game twice over in the span of a year. We want to play through it once, but with the DLC, you're milking us for our money, but you're going to get more people involved. I know people who were just like, I'm going to wait till gray version comes out, or I'm going to wait till whatever, like there was, or for X and Y, people were like, oh, we're going to wait for spear or gun or whatever. Like it was just one of those no, that wasn't that. That was You're thinking Sword and Shield X and Y would be Z, honey. <laughs> yeah. No. I, re- I remember people were just like, "Oh, Z, we're going to have Zygarde and there's going to be this whole Zygarde thing and blah blah blah." Um Sun and Moon, people were just like, "Oh, it's going to be Pokémon Uranus or Pokémon Saturn or Mars." Like Ew. it was just <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that just sounds that just sounds weird like I specifically remember Pokémon Uranus. What where why i'm pretty sure it like if i saw it it was probably on reddit and there was a little pikachu butt plug with it like it was just a whole joke meme thing and i was just like i'm you know what i'm not mad at it but i am mad at it well there you have it folks pokemon uranus like what a what a uh fitting capper uh a fitting butt plug if you will to this episode oh i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to end it there what a what a beautiful fitting piece of gross imagery to uh cap this episode let me ask you something Stephen. so we've been talking about this podcast for a while um we finally managed to get all our ducks in a row to get the wheels turning on this project why do you want to do this? What are you hoping to get out of this project? This is a fun one. Um, this is just a passion project. I used to listen to a lot of podcasts. I used to work in a workshop where I had the availability and I had the time to do it. And that kind of drove me to do it. But I always have had this like social sense to my persona. And I just kind of, I want to, you know, have fun with it. I want to create a space where people can just forget about the craziness or people can relax, sit down, cock their heads, think or relate to us. I just want to, you know, contribute something that brings people joy and happiness. I love that. I love the idea of bringing together like-minded people, you know, as, as queer people who are already kind of a minority and as nerds, we're so passionate. So finding, finding other people that can relate to those two sides is always very satisfying to me because I find myself thinking a lot about, I find myself thinking a lot about nerd culture, but I've, I have found myself thinking when I'm meeting new people, like, what am I going to talk about if they don't want to talk about this kind of stuff? Like what the, and ultimately it's just my mind overreacting because I am a fully fleshed person. I have lots of other interests, but like, this is the thing I always wind up coming back to. This is where I, my, my, my mind wants to exist. And then across that with just the queer community, like it is another level of 
connection that I find with other LGBTQ people. They, they just understand my experiences and, and how I felt and just what it's like. Um, so, so pulling that together is a really nice dream for this project. Cause honestly, I just want to come and have fun conversations with you. You know, we've talked before and like, we'll call each other on the phone to talk about some of like show that we just finished. And before you know it, we've talked about it for 40 minutes and dissected every little detail. I'm going to take it. So this is how much I feel you. I'm going to take it a step further and not even like shows, like experiences, life events, things like that. Like you and I, we can take a 30 minute conversation and make it two hours. I'm pretty sure we've done that with the recording today, but I feel you. Like, it's just, let's build bridges before we burn them. And if Mm -hmm. we're going to burn them, you know, at least let me sell you the matches because that's who I am. I'm not the one setting the world on fire. I'm the one selling the matches, people. Mm, A true agent of chaos. This is a safe space, but we are both chaotic people. We love it. You still count yourself as chaotic neutral? Oh, 110% chaotic neutral. Okay. I still count myself as chaotic good. I want to see good things in the world, but I also want to see the world burn. I also want to see some shit. Listen, Mr. Stir the Pot. I jumped in knowing full well, like what's in the pot. I know the sauce you're brewing. I have to say, I absolutely love soup. And that's what's in that pot is soup. And I could eat soup every day. What? Soup and mutton. Is it because I'm white? No, it was just because I'm chaotic neutral. (laughs) Can I say, I don't feel like, Yes, I am a white person, but I don't ever feel like, I feel like white people are, I don't want to go down this road. White people are stupid. People are stupid. Straight people are stupid. Gay people are also very stupid. People are stupid. I love chaos. I love seeing things spin out of control. At the end of the day, I just want good things to happen to people. I want there to be an explosion of glitter. I want there to be smiles. I want there to be a dance number, maybe two. And two dance numbers, one of them has to be an obligatory 90s or 80s reference. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll go for that. As long as we get to wear cool costumes and lots of colors. Oh, of course, if you're not wearing a cool costume, you're not having a musical number. Absolutely not. If you're not dressing up every day to... I'm not going to finish that sentence because over the last two years, the amount of times I've dressed up significantly down the amount of times i've worn this shirt days in a row significantly up so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i love costumes that's all i'm gonna say who doesn't love a good costume straight people boring people my dog dory she was cute she didn't like costumes um some old people um that's probably it that's probably an exhaustive list i would say People have to wear costumes for a living. Oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. Hold that thought. Could you please not talk outside my door? Thank you. Did you hear them? I did not hear them. They were perfectly fine. Just the way you handled that was great. Y'all, I'm sorry. We couldn't actually hear you. I love you. Goodbye. I think I did hear them laugh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, 
But no, before we end the episode, I do want to say one thing that you and I always talk about or we always find ourselves going back to is life being like an endless journey and we're all different classes and, you know, the people we keep around, the people we want to hang with or our social group is like our raid party, our raid party and just kind of want to be part of everybody's raid party. I want to be that I'm normally the rogue. You know, I max out dexterity and I max out accuracy. Well, no, my accuracy skill kind of sucks. But um, I max out dexterity because I'm clumsy as fuck. But I just want to be the cute little healer that heals people's souls and, you know, is on the journey with everybody in White Mage casting cure indefinitely until you step into a pool of lava. Then I'm going to say, fuck you and walk away. I love that metaphor so much. Ever since the first time you've told me it, I I keep coming back to it just because it is so prescient, if you will. You know, people, you never can tell how long people are going to be with you. And it's interesting to see the ones that do continue on in your raid party and those who just kind of filter out. That's something I've thought a lot about this year and being more intentional about. And I'm happy to continue on this journey and embark on this particular leg with you. And for the record, I am the charismatic thief. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go in the back room and steal all your gold. And I'm not gonna lie to your face about it, but I am gonna charm you out of wanting to come after me, if you will. That that sounds like a well-diverse character. That actually does. I feel like that's an anime somewhere, somehow. Um, let's, let's, let's workshop that and, and write an anime. How much fun would it be for us to write a cartoon together? I actually think that might be a lot of work and it might not actually be very fun. And honestly, I've thought about this. I don't think I'd actually want to be involved in making animation because for somebody that loves it so much, I feel like it would actually be incredibly terrible. When I was dating my ex-boyfriend, he was a chef. He never wanted to cook for me because he did it all day long. And I think that if I was the kind of person that made cartoons all the day long, I don't know if I'd want to watch them. Likewise, it's why I don't want to be somebody that makes video games or like maybe I shouldn't say that. I would like to make video games. I don't want to be like a video game streamer. Actually, I do. I want to get paid to play video games but I don't want to be a streamer because then it's like I just want to play video games for fun and if I'm doing it all day long am I going to want to like un- undo my fly and sit down and be like I'm ready to play some video games no I did it all fucking day ah. also for the record I really don't like the word bitch but I love the word fuck it is so fucking appropriate but you got to know when to fucking use it because if you use it too much it just loses its fucking power and it's fucking useless then like just use it sparingly you know a good timely fuck has so much power what what was i even talking about fuck fuck fuckity fuck fuck oh so good so so perfect chef's kiss but i think we'll we'll leave everybody with that um we'll just leave them with the question if you were in a raid party what would your class be? What would be your um, maxed out stat? Or where would you put all your destiny points into? What would your character look like? And what is it reflection of you per se? Absolutely. I put an equal amount of thought into that response as you did into starting it. Hey, listen, 
I'm listening. I I said it. I I maxed out dexterity because I'm clumsy as fuck. Like that that just it works. You saw me backtrack and I was like, oh, accurate. No, I'm not that accurate. Like I will listen. I'm Hispanic, but I have not gained the Hispanic chancleta throwing skill where I can hit somebody across the world with the chancleta and hit them. I'm not there yet. One day you will be. I believe in you, Stephen, and we're going to get you there. On this journey, by the time we're finished with this, your chancla throwing skills are going to be on par. Como se dice to throw in Espanol? Um, girar? Si? No. Como se dice to throw? Um, no, sorry. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't speak Spanish. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Ha! Huh. I think, I think, I think, I think when I start singing and going crazy is when we should just end the episode because that's like my brain saying like, you need to stop talking now. I told you at the beginning of the story, like when I start talking a lot and then I realize I'm talking a lot, I like to talk about how I'm talking a lot. And it's sort of like a measure of self-reflection. I did that in an interview the other day and the person was like, that's so good. You're so self-aware. And I'm like, Yes. Now hire me. I need money. Ah, there's games coming out soon. So <sighs> with that, we will end this episode. Thank you everybody for joining us on this journey. Please let us know what character class you would be if you have a full-fledged out character who is an exact representation of you. Even great. Share it with us. I'm your host, Steve Vixen. Goodbye, everyone. I love you. I hope you have a good night. You don't need to know my name. I already told you one time. My name's, my name is Slim Shady. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a wrap.